as long as you remember to be yourself and have fun, you'll end up being memorable regardless. Hi, amigos. Welcome back to the Journey of Pursuit podcast. It is 2021, the first week. I love the first week of a new year. It gives me so much energy. I feel so motivated. I'm so ready for anything. I hope you guys feel the same way. Let me know. Are you that kind of person that has this energy, this like amazing feeling of opportunity? Or are you someone that kind of dreads the beginning of the new year? Let me know. I'm super intrigued. Today's guest is someone that I really love and she's like my little sister. She's 23 years old and she is such a hustler. Her name is Andrea Ferro. She's a bilingual singer and actress. She began performing at the age of 14, where she made her debut at the Area Stage Conservatory in Miami. During her four years with the company, she did nine musicals, including Little Women, Les Mis, Sweeney Todd, Into the Woods, and her professional debut in The Dreams of Anne Frank. At the age of 17, she moved to New York City to continue training at the Atlantic Acting School. After graduating, she was offered the role of Trini of the Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright Nilo Cruz's play Baño de Luna, which marked her first foray into Spanish-speaking productions. I really hope I pronounce all that correctly. If not, I'm very sorry. Andrea currently can be seen in the musical Cuba Under the Stars, running now through March 28th in Miami. There is so much I can say about Andrea, but I'm just going to let her tell you herself because she does such a good job at it and she just speaks so authentically from her heart and I can't wait for you guys to meet her. Without further ado, my friend, Andrea Ferro. Hi. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> Thank you. How are How you? Are you? <laughs> I'm good. Tell us kind of about your story. How did you start your journey doing musical theater and singing and acting? What has your life been like? <laughs> well, it's, it's been amazing. Um, and it definitely, it started around uh, 14 and I did Annie. And then I realized, oh wait, actually, this is really fun. I think I like this. And I auditioned for a conservatory in Miami called Area Stage. And there we did professional productions since I was 14. And I was there four and a half years and we did nine musicals. So wow. it was like the first musical I auditioned with them. They gave me the lead and I had never experienced that before. So I, I mean, I had a blast. And then from there, it just it like escalated and I, I started taking it more seriously. And every day after school, it was straight to the theater. Like I managed to balance a social life but like for me the theater was everything wow and do did you know before you were cast for Annie in high school did you know that you wanted to do anything with acting or performing absolutely not I don't think so yeah because it was freshman year and I <laughs> for a moment I was looking into like marine biology and like psychology and things that I was interested in but I never really got to dive into them and then doing Annie I was like wait enjoy, like I enjoyed being on stage I enjoyed singing and then going to area stages like they gave me proper training and from there I was able to really look at it as a viable career and that like completely changed they I really thank area stage for my for my development and my foundation for where I am now had you heard about area stage before and did you kind of just take the leap 
I think I took the leap, but um, I was told by a friend about the, the company. And then when I auditioned with them originally, <laughs> I still remember, I think I auditioned with a, a song from The Little Mermaid or something. And I remember feeling like, oh, because I hadn't had any proper training in singing. And I just remember mimicking like the Hannah Montana voice. So I sounded absurd. And um, thankfully, like they saw the potential and they were like, well, how about we put you in some singing classes? And from there, like I actually was able to train and develop a voice. I mean, we did, every, I did everything. We did a Les Mis, I played Eponine, which was amazing. Um, my first professional production was at 16, which was The Dreams of Anne Frank, which I got to play Anne Frank, which wow. was incredible. Um, that was a really profound experience. And with them, I just, I basically lived there. Like, I remember sleeping in the theater, <laughs> like, every day, like, after rehearsal or in between school and rehearsal, like, I would be doing the homework, at, like, for school, but then automatically memorizing lines because I, I would have to be 100% prepared. Like, I took it as seriously as if it was me being on Broadway. Like, that was how I, I looked at it. Um, and then after high school, like we grad, I graduated and uh, decided to go to New York. So I ended up at Atlantic, which is a amazing conservatory. Wow, I think that's probably the best thing you can do as like a young person, just really dive in as if it were the real thing. I'm sure you learned 10 yeah. times more than if you hadn't taken it so seriously and kind of put mm -hmm. it in the back burner. But not only that, like the, the, foundation of theater in general, the structure of being on time, people skills, knowing how to communicate with others properly. Like there was so much that I learned as a kid that I was able to put into my everyday life, not just theater, not just performing. It was like, there's a, a specific um, quote that I've had ingrained in my brain since 14, which was um, early on time, on time, late, late, dead. Everywhere I went, I had to be 15 minutes in like 15 minutes for me never worked. I was always everywhere an hour early, like a psycho, but I still do that today. And I, I love it for me. It just, it makes me calm, gives me peace of mind. I get to where I need to get to and I'm prepared. But like the whole Miami time where people get everywhere late, that does not exist in my brain. I, I can't. <laughs> and uh, I thank the theater for that because that was just ingrained in you as a, as a kid like you have to be everywhere on time it's professional it's respectful that's a really good thing to have in mind <laughs> as a as you're growing up just like having that decency of like respect and you know people's time is valuable and your time is valuable yeah. and so after you graduate you go to new york and in new york what was that like what were the jobs like what was the audition process like mm. what was it like kind of leaving home and diving into your craft essentially well it was really intense because i moved at 17 and new york is is a beautiful city it will slap you in the face and knock you down if you're not ready for it and uh, thankfully i was able to go in february and my mom took me thank my mom that woman she she took me to every rehearsal she picked me up at midnight every day from the theater like from 14 to 18 so she took me to new york for my auditions for for school and i auditioned for juilliard at 17 which was 
incredible and terrifying and glorious at the same time. And uh, that's where I did all the auditions. So like NYU, Carnegie, all of the major theater schools. And the audition process, it was fun. Like what I was realizing then was that auditioning was an opportunity to perform. It wasn't about, at the end of the day, like they want you to succeed. They don't want you to fail. So why allow the nerves to take over and make it something unbearable? It's like those five minutes you have in the room is a time to enjoy and show them what you got. So that auditioning back to back taught me a lot. And I got into Atlantic Acting School, which is another home for me. And there, it's actually a studio of NYU. It's a part of the Tisch program, but I strategically went through the conservatory because <laughs> um, the teachers are incredible. And going there, it was a two and a half year program. So it's shorter, which I liked because I was able to get in really rigorous training in just two years and studied everything from Shakespeare, Chekhov, to the contemporaries, to just like basically all the things that I've always dreamed of studying. And I was able to do it with a year of, we started off like 38 people and ended up about 22, I think, at the end when we graduated. Throughout, people start getting kicked out or dropping off. And, <laughs> and then at the end, you realize like, who really, really wants to pursue this? Because it's not what it's become now. This whole, oh, if you're pretty, you're, you could be an actor. Like, you'll figure, it, that's not, there's so much more to it. And I think training is really important. I really like what you said about auditioning is a chance to perform. And I think if a lot of other creatives saw it that way, even for music, you know, if you're mm. auditioning for like The Voice or if you're auditioning for America's Got Talent or anything else, if we saw it as a chance to just like really see the opportunity of being a performer, which I think once you get on stage, once you're in that moment of, of like auditioning, you do kind of transform into a performer, but sometimes mm -hmm. nerves can really take over and you don't do your mm -hmm. best just because of the fact that you're so nervous. So I think mm -hmm. this mindset shift of see it as an opportunity to perform, like what you're meant to do, yeah it'll be maybe like a good thing to keep in mind so that when you're performing, you don't get so nervous. And like the, the fact that the opportunity, like you don't know if, okay, maybe let's say this audition for the specific project, let's say you don't get it. That's okay. But those people saw you perform and potentially there could be another project that they have coming up that they're like, you know what, this person's, this person's perfect for that. And so you, as long as you remember to be yourself and have fun, you'll end up being memorable regardless. It's a part of you. Yeah, I think that also goes with what you said of doing your best, you know, like just bring your all. Because like you said, you yeah. really don't know if they have other projects in mind that you're perfect for. Like mm -hmm. it might not be the one that you auditioned for, but the one coming out in three months or in a year, yeah. they have you in mind and they see you mm -hmm. in a room next time. They're like, that's the girl, we want her and it works out. What was yeah. it like being in New York and getting your first gig? Ooh, it was exciting. I remember calling my mom and like, well, my first very exciting thing was after graduating from Atlantic, I, I graduated in May and in June, I received a call that I got a role in my first Spanish play, which I at that point did not think I would ever act in Spanish. Um, but that opened a whole other set of opportunities that I otherwise didn't think were possible. 
and I was able to work with Nilo Cruz, who's um, he's a Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright for his play *And in the Tropics*. He is one of my favorite. He's an incredible playwright. It's incredibly dreamy and magical, but also set in really real and intense times. And he wrote a new play called *Baño de Luna*, and I was able to originate the role of Trini. So I was like the first cast to perform it, which was amazing. And after that, I've worked with Nilo now four times. So like him and I, he, I call him like my feeder dad. <laughs> so we, we've developed a really beautiful friendship. That was a really fun experience. So once you had that first role, you said like they became like your family. What was it like kind of ending that that part of your experience and then having to kind of go through that whole process again, auditioning, finding mm. a new community, finding a new work, you know, what was that like? I'm going to be really honest with you. It is not easy. Like the life of an actor is stressful because, and mind you, in New York, there was an opportunity, there was a, a time where I had five jobs at once because you have to make a living and also be able to audition and be able to pursue your passion but be able to put food on the table. So there comes a, a lot of balance and a lot of structure that you have to create. Um, there was that point I had, my jobs were in every borough. So like, I think there was like two days a week that I'd have to go to every borough to make sure I was at every job on time. And I remember having the conversation with my family. Okay, like, well, what's your plan B? Like, what's gonna, what else can you do? And I'm like, that's not the problem. Like I can do anything. I can do so many jobs. I can do so many different things just because I have those skill sets doesn't mean that's what I want to pursue. I, I am more content with the broke actor life than having to do a nine to five where I don't feel fulfilled. I rather do five jobs that aren't, that are random and then know that I I'm pushing to get that that theater job or that TV role or that film role, like any, that is more of the, the journey that I'm looking towards. Was there ever a time when you were working all these jobs and auditioning and kind of hustling in the city? Was there ever a time that you wanted to give up and you were kind of like, it's not worth it. I'll just move back home. Was there ever a time you felt like that? Like you were kind of over it and you weren't sure if this is something that was meant for you? Oh yeah. There was many times. <laughs> and I think, I mean, there was a moment when I was doing so many jobs. I had my head down constantly. I was constantly looking at the phone, like, what do I have to, where do I have to go next? What do I have to do next? And I realized that I was hustling to live in a city and not appreciate it. And that's what made me take a pause and be like, wait, I am busting my butt to try to make a living in a city that I'm not even acknowledging that I live here. I'm not embracing the city. I'm not enjoying it. Of course, there comes burnout because it's it's only natural. And that's when you have to stop and really reflect on, is this the right move? When I'd have those experiences like, oh my God, I, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I'd remind myself that, okay, I've gone through worse. <laughs> like it's been, it's been intense before. Let's get through this and continue. And thankfully, towards this past December, when I was hitting a deeper burnout than I had anticipated. Um, and I had the idea of moving to LA for about a year, two years then. I, I finally made the decision, okay, I need to drastically change my lifestyle and 
find myself in a new environment because I felt comfortable. And although I had the five jobs and I was hustling and I, I was barely sleeping, I was comfortable because I'd fallen into a, a certain routine. And with comfortability comes, it's detrimental, in my opinion. The second you get comfortable, like, that's when all creativity, all creativity goes out the window. So that's what led the, the LA move. What I want people to know is that you're only 23 and that's so bold of you. Like it takes guts to go from a big city like New York, let alone first from Miami to New York at a very young age, 17, and then decide on your own that New York wasn't giving you any more growth. You kind of got everything you could out of New York. And then you were like, instead of going back home again, I'm going to go and make another move to another big city that is also very popular for creatives. And there's a lot of people in your industry and in my industry and in our industry. What was that like when you first got to LA because it was your own decision? Were you very excited or were you kind of a little unsure as to what the move would mean for you? After being in New York for five years, I, I have a, a love for New York that never dies. And I remember my dad picked me up in New York and we got a van and drove the van to Miami so that I could at least be with the family for the holidays before the LA move. And when I got to Miami, I sat in the bath, in the bath and I just started sobbing. And it hit me like, it was as if it was like the hardest breakup of my life. And I know, I didn't expect that to happen, but it just was this overwhelming emotion of like, what have I done? And then, I, I, I slept on it. The next morning I woke up and I was able to take a deep breath and be like, wait, this was the right decision. Like this was what needed to happen. And then when I got to LA, it was, it was butterflies. It was like, okay, this is a new city. What can I do? And mind you, moving to LA, I my brother's couch, thank my brother very, very much for three months. <laughs> so those that think uh, I can't do this because of this or this, just reach out to the people that you know and love and see where it can take you because just a simple ask you never know you never know so um don't kill the idea before you have the opportunity of exploring it is my advice a common theme that i've seen in the podcast with a lot with all my creative friends is community and support and i feel like as a creative i say this so many times if you listen to the show all the time, you'll hear it, but it's true as a creative, you need that support. You need that community. You need to make friends that you can trust and rely on. You can work with and hang out with and build that bond with, or also like, especially if you don't have like a supportive family with your creative uh, endeavor, which it seems yeah. like from what you've told me and from knowing you, your family has always been very supportive since of a very like, since you were very young to yeah. kind of follow you in whatever you decide. What was it like then? Because you moved to LA in 2020, right? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. what was it like being in LA for like two months? Because I think we you and I got coffee, I think in January of this year. Yeah. When we like kind towards of, the end. Yeah, we kind of met up and you were like, I'm here, I'm new to LA, what's up? And we <laughs> we connected and I remember you telling me so many so many of your plans, you know, like you really wanted to 
get into the audition process again. You wanted to explore musical theater in LA and acting in LA. You, I think you signed with an agency. What was it like being in LA for two months and then the whole world pretty much changing? It was intense. Um, and I did, I do acknowledge that like there was many things going on for many people and it was hard across the board for everybody. It was a very intense experience. Um, but and wait, just really quick, going back to the New York thing, like never think that when you're leaving a city that your community disappears. That was one of my biggest fears was I was going to leave New York and all of my, my theater community that I adore, the people that I've worked with, were just going to go poof. That's not true. Just because you move to another city, they, New York is still there. Those people are still there. And I had to keep reminding myself, New York isn't going anywhere. It's there. So if I ever want to go back, I can not like I've been like kicked out and um and going back to LA so getting there in January my first thought was okay who do I know in LA and I got on Instagram and basically messaged everybody under the sun that I knew that lived in LA friends of friends that lived in LA anybody I could to just have a coffee with like like what we did because I was so excited to see you and that was it was so exciting and invigorating I felt that I was making all these networking connections and things were really working. And I landed in LA in January 9th and I started work the 10th. Like I got a job through LinkedIn, like the uh, two days before flying out. So thankfully I had a job uh, down the street from my house, which was really exciting because I could walk. Once everything went to a halt, it was, it was the weirdest experience. Like I had, I'd moved into my apartment four days before the shutdown. So I was painting my walls. I was all excited of like creating a space that was my own and excited to, to potentially like show it to the new people that I have met and like have a housewarming or something. And then seeing the state of the world, I was, I was almost in, like, I was really confused. I wasn't sure if it was something that was going to last a week or two weeks as they were saying in the beginning and then something that's lasted until now and it's December and we're still going through this. I truly didn't think that was going to be the case in March, like going back to that mentality. Thinking about it now, I'm, I'm, just, I'm hurt by everything that's happened to the world and to the people that who have passed. But I think that this time was incredibly necessary for change and growth. And I think that the people who have been able to reflect through all this time and grow through it have come out different people entirely like I don't recognize who I was in March to who I am now like there's a complete level of growth that's happened I think across the board with my friends as well who I've I've talked to this about and my family too yeah I can relate to that I think a lot of my friends that we've had conversations about the pandemic about our careers about our journeys especially with this yeah. podcast now listening to everyone's growth I can, I can see that, you know, I can see that with a lot of my friends, there's been a lot of growth in the world. I think we've had to think of things differently and we've had to kind of mm -hmm. make things work with what we've got and be very grateful for what we have in front of us and yeah. in move our forward as well. Yeah. And in our careers, yeah. what I want people to know about you, which if they have, if you guys haven't already noticed <laughs> from the conversation I'm having with Andrea is that she is someone that is such a hustler. Like I remember meeting with you that January and you already had plans to like make 
LA happen for you. And the mm -hmm. fact that you are so open to meeting people and networking with people and being so young and being so new to the city, you weren't afraid. And if you were afraid, you had a very good way of covering <laughs> that up because I just feel like any person that she kind of like bumped into or met in a coffee shop or went to a show or something, she had a really good way of being friendly and genuinely wanting to connect with that person. And I can say, I think from experience and from knowing you, that's the reason why you've gotten to where you are so far, you know, with being mm -hmm. so young, um, because you make it happen for yourself. You don't kind of sit around and just wait for people to make things happen for you or give you that opportunity. You are a seeker. Like you really do try mm -hmm to find the opportunities everywhere you go. Like even going from Miami to New York, you found opportunities in New York. And then when you leave New York, you went to LA and you found opportunities in LA. And the first day that you were in LA, it's, it's very bold and it's, it's, it's a huge accomplishment. And I hope anyone listening to this like sees that and you know, it's, it's, a, it's an inspiration, at least for me, I'm, I'm inspired by it. It's bizarre that like when you're doing all these things, you can't step out and first of all, be proud of yourself or be excited for yourself. Like when you're so caught up in everything that's going on, you never really give yourself that credit. And I think that's something that throughout this, this year of being at somewhat of a standstill, it's caused, okay, what have I actually been proud of? What have I actually accomplished? And and had to be like be nice to yourself. Like we have to be nice to ourselves because this is a time to to take care of that little child in us. That which I think with all of this growth that's happened, which is incredible. Sometimes we dim that light that we have because there's so much going on that like this time has has allowed us to like reignite that flame again and like remind us why we're so excited by all the things that we are able to work on and be okay with not being productive constantly because we have to give ourselves those times to, to decompress, to relax, to breathe. We can't always be churning out something. We can't always be 110% creative or else we lose our minds. Like, and that's not, it's not healthy. And we can be sad sometimes too. Like it's very normal depression i'm i'm not the only one that it hit this year like it hit many of my friends many of the people i know people i don't know it i think also mental health is it's just it's such it's a topic not as touched upon and that's where community comes in like the second that you're feeling lonely or you're feeling like you don't know what your next step is which has been a lot of this year you reach out to your community. Hey, I, I know you like writing. I, I don't really know how to write, but I would love to collaborate with you on something and just see where it goes and follow up on that and, and just reach out to the people that you, I guess, normally wouldn't be able to collaborate with like due to distance, but now distance means nothing. Like we can collaborate with people in all over the world. Like we have that option now. And I think that allows us to open our creativity to a new realm a new possibility as well yeah i think mental health has become a very big topic this year i think because of everything mm -hmm. that's happened a lot of people have been obviously in isolation and you haven't been able to see your family and there's a lot of a lot of downs that happened this year for sure i'm a huge believer in mental health and like you know keeping that mm -hmm. 
a top priority in my life, especially. And, you know, like my friends too, we've talked about that so many times about how important it is to take care of yourself, take care of your mind, take care of the things that make you feel good so that you can show up for others. You know, it sounds kind of selfish, but it's really selfless because if you think about it, the more you take care of yourself, the more you can show up for your community and for Mm -hmm. your art and you know, your community and your art, that's how you can help the world. You can like make it something great. What was it like now after months of being in LA, you finally get something in Miami? How, how, (laughs) what was that like? What was that like to audition for this new gig and to get that opportunity in your hometown? Um, So first being in isolation in LA, um, the only person I spoke to on a daily basis was my partner. And we whenever we'd meet new people like not really meet but if we'd see new people and they would just talk to us like in the line at the grocery store or something we became we realized we were like socially awkward and I think it was because of being isolated for so long which I'm naturally someone that loves meeting new people I love like that's something that I adore I feel like there was a short circuit like I didn't know how to connect my brain to my mouth when I got to Miami and I met the cast, which is a lot of people, all with masks and all outdoors, I didn't know how to communicate and I got super awkward and I found myself like going to my shell. And that was the weirdest experience for me because that's the exact opposite of who I am normally. But I had to remind myself, okay, these are not normal circumstances. It's okay. Like, don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> and the audition was basically I flew to Miami to see family and I was called and was like hey do you want to come do this reading this is a potential production that's going to happen and I said okay yeah I'd love to I did the reading and the next day they told me okay you have the job you have the job so come back in I know you're going to LA now in a a couple days but you're going to have to come in November we'll start rehearsal and then we'll open in December and I was like what Oh, okay, <laughs> that that sounds great. I was excited, but com- like shocked at the same time because I hadn't been on stage now since October of last year. And the excitement kicked in, but then a lot of overwhelming feelings of, oh my God, do I even know how to be on stage anymore? Like, do I know how to act? Do I know how to do what I love to do? Yes, through the pandemic, I've been doing Zoom readings and like still connected with my New York community, which thankfully has helped a lot. I learned that if you can act check off through Zoom, you can pretty much do anything. <laughs> if you can transmit the subtext of Chekhov, that's a, that's a pretty big accomplishment. Being in this space with creatives again, mind you, everybody's Cuban, which I adore, but I hadn't spoken Spanish in eight months because I was in Miami. And when I'd speak to my parents, for some reason, I would just talk in English. I just got used to talking in English. And that's that. uh, It ruined my brain. Like, (laughs) I felt so lost in all the conversations. Thankfully, the character that I'm portraying is a Cuban-American who uh, doesn't really know much about Cuba. I kind of speak Spanglish. And I felt very connected to her. And thank God that that is her stance. (laughs) And that she's just not this like Spanish speaking, understands everything. Um, So doing that, and mind you, this is a musical. So there's dancing there. It's a very beautiful production of 25 dancers on stage, uh, 20 piece orchestra. And for 
very famous Cuban singers who perform on, we perform Thursday through Sunday. And it's Amaury Gutierrez, Luis Bofil, Gretel Ortiz, and Albita. And then I get to work with these two incredible Cuban actors, Jeffrey Batista and Sandy Marchetti. And it's just been so fun to feel back in a family, to have that sense of community again in person where we're taking care of ourselves. We wear the masks, we do the social distance, but like we know we love each other and we can like give ourselves like a little fist pump and we're like, okay, like we're here for each other. Like we got this. I'm able to do what I love again, although we're through a very difficult time and the other night I was sitting on stage in the middle of the show and because the show is outdoors, it's al aire libre, I got to see the moon. So I was staring at the moon while these incredible performers were singing and I, I had a tear and I was like, okay, not the time. Like my character is supposed to be really happy right now. <laughs> but I, I just couldn't help but realize like, how incredibly grateful I was for the opportunity to be back on stage again, to, to sing again, to feel what it is to have a real audience, to see people that are, are smiling in the audience, that are enjoying themselves, that, that although everything is going on, like they're able to be safe, all the tables are six feet apart, everybody's socially distanced, but they're enjoying the magic of theater. And that, we've lost that because of everything, but it's never gone, it's still there. Yeah, it's definitely something to, you know, cause you have that privilege to be able to be on stage and perform, which a lot of people haven't, I guess, even thought about that as being an op- yeah. as being like something they can do this year. So it's definitely good to have that mindset of that was, that, that's something very special and unique this year to be able to perform in front of people and do what you love and, be in that moment I, I think it's beautiful that you took that moment to be grateful and kind of you know think about like everyone else that you know hasn't had that opportunity what do you think has been your biggest lesson in your life and career so far self-doubt and constant I realized early on that I am my own worst enemy and I think that's something I've struggled with for years but most recently have able to acknowledge it and face it and do my best to not allow that to be the case because n- no one is trying, no one's out to get us. Like, I, and I felt that that took me a while to get, but like, if you are able to root for yourself constantly, you, you will do well. Like, and it comes with the whole manifestation. Like if you believe things will work out, they will work out. And there's been so many examples of that in my life that I, I can't say otherwise. I was in a situation where I didn't feel comfortable and I didn't feel like I was excelling or doing well. And the moment that I was able to focus on myself and be like, okay, what do I need to do to achieve what I want to achieve? How can I get to where I want to go? And I would meditate and be like, okay, I need to do this. I need to do this. Like, this is what I want. This is what I want. And then it would happen. I had to step back and be like, okay, my thoughts are incredibly powerful. If I'm able to create this, then I'm able to also break myself down. So I need to be really careful with how I think, what I think, because it can go amazing or it can go incredibly dangerous. I can't get over how well you like think about your career and yourself and opportunities and life 
you're gonna go so far i can't wait to i can't wait to see everything you do i think that's a testament to the people i surround myself with like i love it yeah only i think it's so important the people that are in your circle and that really affects your mentality and process things because when you're around people that are supportive that exude love that care that are, are genuinely good humans you embrace it and you you feel like you all are that's what you guys as like a group exhibit and i think that's really important to surround yourself with like-minded people that you feel care about people in general and actually of good hearts what do you think has been your biggest win or success in your life and career even my mom asked me this the other day like what's your biggest accomplishment what are you most proud of and i said and this was one of those down days and i said you know what i don't know i don't have any and she looked at me and she was like are you kidding me and i was like well i i don't know i, I don't i can't think of anything and she went off the top of her head and listed a bunch of stuff and i was like yeah that's because you're my mom she's like no i've watched it i've observed it from the outside so the moment that we are asked these things and, and our immediate thought goes to nothing, like, okay, take a step back and really recount what you've, how you've got to where you've got and what you've achieved. Moving to New York at that age and, and embracing a new city when I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea about life. <laughs> and, um, and you grow up really quick. You don't have the option to mess around. You really have to either embrace the city and be a hundred percent there and be in the moment every moment or you are lost so thankfully that whipped me into shape is there any advice you would want to give someone that's looking up to you right now and wants to do what you've done or are doing yeah don't question yourself too much don't overthink if you're really excited about something research it if you want to go somewhere go for it and if you don't have parents that support you do to support yourself and find a community like we've been talking about that you feel are like-minded that want to excel in the way that you do and and believe in yourself at the end of the day because if you don't believe in yourself no one will and people, they read that the second you walk in the room for an audition, for a callback, for anything, they will see if you're not comfortable in your own skin. So as long as you're able to acknowledge who you are as a person and walk in that room with your head held high and knowing that it's an honor for them to cast you in something and it would be their privilege for you to be a part of it, they're able to see, be like, wow, you know what, this person, that's something different. And in a healthy mentality, not like a egotistical, but like coming in with, with poise and, and grace and knowing that you are the best person for that job. Andrea, you are so cute, so positive, such a light. <laughs> I'm so happy we could do this. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for creating this podcast. Oh my God, like you, you came out, you came up with this. I remember you calling me and being like, I have this idea. And then the fact that you've brought it into fruition, you've created something beautiful that is long lasting. I think that's in and of itself a huge, huge accomplishment and incredible. Thank you. So thank, thank you. you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. That, that means the world to me, honestly. I, I've loved being able to 
have my friends on here and give them a space to talk about their craft and their journeys and just inspire other millennials and other creatives yeah. that are entrepreneurs that are doing what they got to do to be happy and mm-hmm. to make things work. Where can people find you and what would you like them to know about yes. like any projects you're working on and things like that? Yes. So on Instagram, it's Andrea underscore F-E-R-R-O-O. And um, currently I'm doing a show called Cuba Under the Stars, which is a completely immersive experience. It's a dinner theater show. So there's the chef Ana Quincose. So it's a full three course meal and they have mojitos and a bunch of drinks. It's very delicious. And then the 20 piece orchestra led by Marlene Ubay. And the dancing is choreographed by Antonio Drijas, who's phenomenal choreographer and the show runs Thursday through Sunday and the tickets are on cubaunderthestars.com and we're running until March so everybody get your tickets come out support the theater have a night of drinks and food and music live music like it's just there's nothing better than being a part of a production that you're proud of so I'm just really glad we're able to put some smiles on the faces of some people this year How awesome is Andrea? Here are a few takeaways from her episode. Number one, auditioning is an opportunity to perform. Those five minutes you have in the room is a time to enjoy and show them what you've got. You never know if the people in the room are working on another opportunity. Number two, as long as you remember to be yourself and have fun, you'll be memorable regardless. Number three, Just because you have different skill sets and can do many things doesn't mean you have to pursue them. Number four, the second you get comfortable, that's when all creativity goes out the window. Number five, those that think you can't do it, reach out to the people that you know and love and see where it can take you. A simple ask goes a long way. Number six, don't kill the idea until you have the chance of exploring it. Number seven, when you leave a city, your community doesn't disappear. Number eight, don't dim your light. Be proud of how far you've come. Number nine, if you're able to root for yourself constantly, you will do well. And number 10, don't question yourself too much. There you guys have it. That's today's episode. Really quickly, before you guys leave, I want to let you guys know about something that I started doing at the end of 2020 that I have recently continued on to 2021 because I really enjoyed it. And it's that I started sharing my journals with you guys. And what I mean by that is that I created a list and I email that list a bunch of different thoughts that I have about different things. So it can be about quotes, it can be things that I get inspired by, it could be about episodes that I have with people anything really that I have on my heart, I want to share with you guys. If you want to be a part of that little mini community with these journal entries, let me know. I will send you the next email. You can just DM me at Drea Lopez without the Ian Lopez and I'll sign you up. It's really simple. It's not that long. I promise I won't bombard your emails and I really hope you can be a part of it. As always, if you guys have anyone in mind for some future episodes, please DM me. You already have my personal at Drea Lopez without the Ian Lopez or at the Journey of Pursuit. I always answer every single DM I receive and I'm really willing to hear any feedback you guys have. I hope you're having a great start to 2021. Let's do this. First week of January done. Ciao, amigos. Mm-hmm.